This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Alright, enjoy your Gary V time, guys. Thank you. you need a mic? I think I'm mic'd. I think I'm good. Thank you. Okay, you just you let me know if you need anything. I appreciate it. Hey. Uh, it's great to see all of you. Uh, really excited to uh, be here and really excited to focus on a couple of uh, different things. Uh, so I really want to go into Q&A. So where are the mics? I just want to get a sense of where the mics are. Do we have runners or do you guys have... They're gonna be in the aisle? Okay, cool. So feel free to jump up at any point and get into the Q&A. I mean, really from my standpoint, this is a super unique kind of conference because there's so many people here that I know, have known for a long time, back in the day, have watched from afar, cheer for to be successful, and I think it's a super interesting time for this conference to be thrown because I think for a lot of you, for a lot of you, there's an intuitive understanding that we're in a moment in time, right? For me, I've been very lucky. I think I trade on moments in time. I knew in 1996, seven, that this internet thing was gonna be something and my dad's liquor store had to take advantage of it. I knew that this email thing blew my, I mean, there's a lot of youngsters in here. How many people here were on email in 1997? Raise your hand. Awesome. So, a lot, fuck, okay. Um, <laughs> You know, I had 91% open rates on Wine Library's email service in 1997, 98, and that was me selling wine on this new thing called email that didn't cost me money to make a catalog, to send it in the mail, and it was instantaneous. The second the wine came into the store, it was out the door. It might be tough for people to understand how holy fuck that was, and it's basically the same way I feel about this entire audience right now in this moment. You know, the, the influencer thing has been around a long time. You know, like when, when I first met Q Park like in, in my office years, like six, seven years ago and telling all these Vine kids like you're gonna be famous, like this is real, I remember their feedback to me was very much like, are you sure? Like, you know, like, you know, some of them were like, yeah, but not to the level I think that I spoke to the conviction. It was only because I'd already lived that three, four years earlier. I started a YouTube channel in 2006, right? My wine show was there, and that was on the back of watching what happened with bloggers before video was even a thing online, or podcasts the first time it meant something, not this new iteration. This is the same old game forever, and the biggest thing that I want to get across to every single person here is regret. My entire talk right now is gonna be about regret. If you, and let me explain what I mean by that. I'm not sure that was worth a woo, but I'll take it. <laughs> it is my intuition that if you don't squeeze the opportunity that's in front of all of us right now as hard as you fucking can, you will have regret. If you are smart enough and aware enough to even be here today, you are already ahead of 99% of the players in our society. I, I, I do not believe that people in this room are quantifying the fact that they even know this world exists and are willing to take the financial and time allocation to be here, how big of an advantage that is, how far along you actually are, because when you're in the system, it feels like everybody's doing it. You're amongst yourselves. The same way it felt like in 2006 and seven for me with Twitter and Facebook, like we all knew social media, but the world didn't. The influencers have the leverage. You have the leverage. If you're paying attention to what's going on in the world of media consumption right now, there are more buyers of content than ever. Facebook and Amazon and Google and Hulu are gonna bid for the NFL and the NBA. We are not down to three media companies anymore. If you understand how the chest plays out in this game, the only thing that you need to make sure is that you don't believe so much in the thing that got you here that you stay on it too long. The vulnerability to this room is one thing. You figure out YouTube or Facebook Watch or Instagram or Snapchat or something else, you win and then you never innovate and then when that platform declines, you decline with it. As long as everybody here is religious 
around creating and innovating in every channel as it evolves and you stay in the yes business. How many people here are with brands or agencies? Raise your hand. Great, so for you, you guys and gals, it's about understanding how underpriced this opportunity is for brands right now, right? And just following where the underpriced nature is. YouTube influencers, when I was buying them in 2007, eight, and nine, were really fucking cheap, right? They were tens of dollars or free stuff. Not hundreds, not thousands, not tens of thousands, and not hundreds of thousands. And basically, very honestly, I have one pitch. It's the same one. It's just pattern recognition. Where's the attention of the end consumer? And where do people think it's overpriced or underpriced? Why do companies and organizations spend millions and tens of millions of dollars to produce television and film and brands spend to sponsor it? And what's that worth? versus me throwing dollars towards many of the faces in this room, even at numbers that they can't believe they now get, I still deem as grossly underpriced for what it is they get in return as of this moment. Even the top YouTubers and Instagram celebrities I think are grossly underpriced most of the time for what they give in return, which is unbelievable levels of awareness and relevancy in the world that we live in right now. I live in a world in my brain that this is the only thing that matters and basically nothing else does. I don't even own a fucking computer. Like this is it. I run a $200 million media company, I live my life, I have not had a laptop for a year and a half. I actually had to do something the other day on a laptop and it was like, it was not like riding a bike. I was like, what the fuck, you know? (laughs) When you understand that this is it, that this is the remote control of our lives and that 50% of the time spent on this device is on a platform that delivers content, AKA a social network, it starts getting real serious real fast and I just wanna remind everybody, it's not going back. This is only going to evolve forward. So I guess the thing that I really wanna get across, A, is I wanna really do Q&A because I wanna answer people's direct question because you can see my pontificating anywhere you want, anytime you want, somewhere on the web. So please take advantage of that and B, I've watched this over and over and over again. I did it, Q did it, we have these moments when we have leadership and then we let it get away from us because we take it for granted and then we look back and we regret. I had leadership in YouTube and Twitter. I left YouTube for six years, went on Vidler, did other things, like ran a wine business. Like, this is what I'm most worried about, that you know it, that you're right, you're here right now, and you're either not working hard enough or not believing enough in how right you actually are. And so when I really thought about the talk that I would give here amongst everybody else, I just was like, fuck, I'm gonna suffocate the shit out of everybody. (laughs) In a very positive way. (laughs) So that they understand, like, please, 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 don't look back at this talk in three years and be like, fuck, I wish I listened to him and I wish I, did a little more work, created a little more content, took it a little bit more serious, because for the last decade of this distribution disruption that the internet has done to our society, there have been people that have stumbled into the moment that you're in right now, you're here, and just don't realize how far ahead they are because you're stuck being used to each other. 98% of America has no idea what the fuck is going on in here. That is our opportunity. And so I think that we need to really take a step back and start thinking about a couple things. Number one, context is much more of a factor for your life than people talk about. We talk so much about content and storytelling and that's great, but the lack of context that I see from so many of you, you take a piece of content and you think just posting it everywhere, it's going to be successful, is a huge mistake. Please do not use all the social media channels as distribution, think smartly how to make native content within them in the same way that you're gonna act differently here than you will with your parents at dinner, than you will with your buddies on a weekend in Vegas, than you will in a business meeting with the biggest CEO in the world. You're still you, but you're slightly different in all those environments. Your content can't be successful 
on Facebook and YouTube the same way because they're different platforms. There is not enough religion around us creators, around context of the platform. Too much is being put just on the content and that is a very important variable. Very, very important, so please think about that. Two, in a world where there's a lot of people that should stand up here and give the presentation over me when it comes to thumbnails and headlines and what I would call growth hacking, A, it's super important, but I feel like everybody here is either grounded in it or knows it's important and will continue to try to learn those tactics. The one thing that I'm seeing from a lot of creators in this room specifically and outside, similar to a lot of the creators in here, is they are getting so growth hack oriented that it's manipulating and diluting the actual story and it's just about hacking and getting the numbers, which is great for the short term, but is the reason so many people have lost in the long term because they become mathematical machines and their story becomes less authentic and they become a caricature of themselves that are basically pandering to the growth in the category they want to be successful in. This has been the single reason I feel like I've had continuous success because I just stay kind of in my thing and if it works at the time at YouTube or Instagram or Snapchat, mazel tov and if it doesn't, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people having more followers or making more money because I know when I deviate, you have only a chapter instead of an entire career. So I implore so many of you, I understand especially shit. Hanging out with everybody here, it's like, oh, you have four, you have four million fucking subscribers? Like, you know, all that shit, I get it. It gets very competitive, we're humans, I get it but please do me a favor, please, please, please be religious to hold on to your truths and your stories because when you start diluting from that, you start beginning the process of you becoming irrelevant. It's important. You like that one? It's good, right? Got an interesting one that I thought would be a good theme for everybody. We need to ask more. I get so many emails and DMs from so many of you of like how, the answer is, Ask more. How do you get brand deals? Email every brand on earth. <laughs> I mean this. I'm, you know, I know some of you have seen like me talk about like Instagram DM. Like I'm getting 50 emails, 50 emails a week from people that same basic title. Doing the Instagram DM changed my fucking life. A stunning thing happens when you ask. Somebody says yes. So I think one of the biggest things that is happening in this room when I think about it is that people's egos are getting in their way. The feelings of getting hurt when somebody says no hurts your ego so much that it stops you from even asking in the first place. It is stunning to me how much I like when people say no. I prefer when people say no. I tend to bounce into different industries in my career because once I become big in one and it becomes easy to say yes, I hate it. So, there's a lot of fucking fancy people in here who think they're bigger than they actually are. And so I highly recommend that you check your fucking ego at the door because it's the substantial aspect that's holding you back from your next chapter. So please, please, please start asking more. More DM, more email, and 5149. When you're reaching out to somebody that you want something from, it's a a good idea to start with what you're gonna do for them. I'm aware that you want a $100,000 sneaker deal. I get it. The fuck's in it for the sneaker, right? So don't take for granted subscribers or comments. Be thoughtful, understand what they're about, pay attention, do your homework, listen, pay attention to what they're doing on social. 30 minutes of homework can articulate a far better way to have a conversation with somebody that you want something from. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Distribution. Do not become completely vulnerable to YouTube or Facebook. This is imperative. This is super duper one of the biggest things that people make a mistake of. Win there but always have 20% of your energy on testing new things even when you feel you don't have any more time because you're working so hard to do the thing. Because the reality is what, all I'm doing right now, if you, if you go back and watch this talk, all I'm doing right now is systematically breaking down the things that I've watched for the t- last 10 years that have helped, that have stopped people from succeeding. 
It's been, you know, it's just, it's all these little subtle things that I'm dropping on you right now. These are the things that stop you from succeeding, which is what I spend all my time on, right? Stop the vulnerabilities. All of us are on a boat with a bunch of holes and you're just putting your finger in all of them. I'm just trying to give you the cliche ones that I and all of you are going through and it's just universal and it will be forever. One of the great things is these, listen, especially for this group, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, these are just imperative monsters until they're not. And what has been stunning to me, for example, here's something stunning to me. It is stunning to me of how smart this room is, right? I just said, look, 98% doesn't know, you're here. You know, like, this is like, this is real in here. And how many of you have stopped doing Snapchat? Like, I, I laugh at your lack of skill. And, and here's what I mean by that harsh statement. Most under 30-year-olds are living on Snapchat. One way or the other. Like, the data's very clear. Like, it's, it's not like, you know, you could be sitting there and be like, not true, me and my three friends aren't on it anymore. That's nice, Karen. <laughs> I'm talking about big data. I'm talking about the user numbers. I don't give a fuck that you don't anymore, or your neighbor said something, or the 13-year-old girl down the street said it's dead. I don't give a fuck. I care about the macro data. And the macro data shows very clearly that there's hundreds of millions of fuckers on this platform. And just because Instagram stole its features, which by the way, they didn't steal their features. Features are not IP, that's business. Everybody here stole a ton of shit from Casey. And so. (laughs) And so, it's not about stealing. It's It's about features. Great, but there's a huge, I'm giving you little tidbits, there's a huge opportunity for so many of you because I live on supply and demand of attention. And when a lot of people left Snapchat to only focus on Instagram stories because why should I do two things, it's easier to do one or whatever other fancy reason you made up that call, it left a white space for enormous opportunity and I highly recommend Shondoris comes out of retirement and starts drawing again, and a million other things. And so, these, these are the things that fascinate me. Becoming too one-dimensional, not creating content native for the platform, and the thing that most is running through my mind, which is I'm trying to get into the mind of this audience. When you have the ambition, AKA the audacity, to have your living be you just living, Not having enough time is not an excuse. The people that have been sitting here and saying like, well how the fuck am I, you know, I'm already, you want to get paid hundreds of thousands and or millions of dollars a year running around the earth. (laughs) You have to quantify how amazing that is. It's obnoxious that it's actually a real thing. Like, when I, if you go read the Amazon reviews of my first book, Crush It, that came out in 2009 where I talked about all this, people were like, get the fuck out of here. Nobody's gonna pay people to like do things on a device. Like it was so ridiculous, that's only eight years ago, right? So please, please understand the obnoxious level of audacity that we have to be interesting enough to get paid to just do and please then deploy the work ethic that is needed to actually pull this off. The biggest fear I have is for the people that are actually having success because complacency kicks in and you just get into pattern recognition. There's a lot of you here that are winning and the thing that I'm really most passionate about is making sure you're challenging yourself. There's so much more to do with what you're doing but it's only gonna be incremental. You're only gonna get paid a little more to speak. You're only gonna sell a little more merch. You're only gonna get a bigger deals a little bit more. It's still being creative. Like, to me, one of the big things with video creators that I'm really trying to challenge is to start paying attention to voice a lot more. I think a lot of you, and again, I know a lot of you, and I watched a lot of people that used the hashtag last night, and thanks for the dude that offered me a, a drink, uh, you know, but I wasn't here. Uh, but, you know, A lot of you, when I went down the rabbit hole on my flight yesterday just to get a sense, so many of you could be so successful in podcast form, but you haven't even gone there. So many of you could create such an incredible Alexa skill or an Alexa briefing that can change the opportunity for you. Guys, as somebody who was there from day one of YouTube, YouTube is mature. 
Instagram is mature. The next land grabs, the things that get you from zero to hero are staring you directly in the face right now. The problem is some level of your success is stopping you from allocating time to take the chance on the new thing that can disproportionately leapfrog you three or four spots. So please let's keep challenging ourselves. Please let's understand what's actually happening here. Please understand how much of a ridiculous advantage you have right now and how much more you need to squeeze. Please understand every 13 year old in the world wants to be you so supply and demand is coming. Everybody's gonna do this, which means you've gotta be disproportionately better in the next year or two. So just like coders and developers got paid a lot and right now all their parents want their kids to be developers, which means it's actually gonna be commoditized and they're gonna get paid a lot less, same for us. There's not a 15 year old in this fucking country that doesn't have this job as one of their first one or two things they wanna do. Which means it's going to be harder because the brands and the AdSense and the merch is gonna get split between 83 million people instead of 8.3 million people. Got it? And you're only so cute and charismatic, Sean Doris. <laughs> so, that's the state of the union of this space. I would love for people to start lining up for questions because I'd like to get into more details, so please do that. And when I see enough, good, looks like we're gonna get there quickly. Uh, we'll get into it. <laughs> and. Uh, and I know a lot of you came out uh, for this event because I, I talked about it and I saw a lot of the tweets ahead of time and I just want you guys to know I'm ridiculously humbled and thankful for the attention and the admiration and I really, 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 really have a lot of heart for this community and, uh, and I thank you for having me, thanks. Okay, let's get into the good shit. I know you've inspired a bunch of us here. Um, you talk about regret and you talk about not doing shit. And I'm here, I'm a small guy. I own two small businesses in Austin, Texas. Yep. Um, I want to get better. Good. I know that this is an opportunity to be yep. first in line. Yes. With about 800 people. Yep. I'll do whatever I have to do to go to New York, even if it's scrub your floors with my toothbrush. Is that at all a possibility and uh well you can definitely come and scrub our floors with a toothbrush okay are you are you gonna what's the second part the second part is i just want to get better and i know by doing that i have to learn from the best i've been following you i don't even want to follow you i just want to follow your team i'm a creator and i uh i'm just asking for that cool so ryan do me a favor email gary at vaynermedia yes sir in the title put i'm ryan i'm the first guy that talked at the event today i talked about toothbrush this that the other thing and in January, I'll let you come and spend a week with the team. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. Mr. Gary, sir, thank you. How are you, thank you. I am awesome. Good, man. Hey, uh, I watched your video about a year and a half ago or so, okay. and my channel has less than 400 subscribers, but I hit it with 400 depth. more than zero. Yeah, that's true. I've hit it with depth because I heard you talking about depth versus width and that alone allowed me to make over a quarter million dollars just within my niche. So my question to you is. And, I, and real quick, I'm gonna stop you, I apologize. This is super important. So many people are so caught up in width and Ilya did a good job and understood depth. Like there's so many people that have so many more followers than me and their book comes out and they sell a thousand copies. Or when they're the headliner of a conference half the people show up that is expected because of how many followers they have, which doesn't allow them to command the price they want for speaking. Or when they make merch, because Logan and Jake are making a lot, they sell a lot less. Depth is massively important and the number one issue in this room is the way you're taking your audience for granted. The amount of you that I audited yesterday that have never replied to a comment in YouTube or Instagram is baffling and utterly disappointing. Right on on is right. It's real, you know, because at some level, you know, it's one thing if you want fame or the perception of fame and that gets you off and like, great, do it. Then you should be about the numbers. But so many of you here want to pay your college debt off or live the life that you want or make generational wealth that your grandkids have it. It's gonna be about the depth. 
Dude's got 400 fucking subscribers, made $250,000. Now maybe what he was selling or have you, it's different, I get it. But that needs to be something that people wrap their head around. I'm just stunned. Like every day, every day I get comments from people like I can't believe you reply or how much time you put into your audience. And every single time I get that, I say to myself, I can't believe how much you guys don't. I just want to say again, thank you so much. Also, some of the people that I work with, my clients, they're your followers too. It would be super awesome if I could take a picture with you when... Uh, when for sure. Would it be possible for me to come up on the stage and do that? Sure. Thank you, sir. You got it. Thank you, Gary. You're welcome, bro. Uh, <laughs> oh, you got to turn it around. I've heard. <laughs> if you could press the button for me. Thank you, sir. You got it. Gary, thank take you. Take care. Special. What's up, my man? Gary, my brother. Thank you so much. I've uh, consumed a lot of your content, and it's really shaped a, a large portion of how we're running our business right now. So thank you. You're welcome. My question. Uh, we are a jump rope fitness company. So you type in jump rope into YouTube, jump rope. It's just all us. We <laughs> right. basically own that niche. Love it. Okay. And so we're thinking long term for a business. Yeah. Um, are we better off really, we're already selling jump ropes. Yep. So we basically own the information around people want to buy jump ropes. Should we keep going into just selling jump ropes and uh, jump rope digital products, or how do you feel about brand integrations, uh, advertising on our videos? Like for us, sometimes it feels like I let's turn advertisements off. Yeah. yeah, I get it. So expansion is when brands get diluted. So the first question I would ask you is how much revenue is your jump rope business doing, and how big is the overall jump rope business industry? My in how long have you had the company? Two years. Right. My intuition is you still don't have a big enough portion of the jump rope world, and so probably there's a lot more to expand before you go into other things. But this is back to why I, you know, this is, I couldn't have gotten luckier with the two questions in a row. So cool, I just got off my high horse of saying I communicate with you and engage, right? And like made you feel bad that you don't. What's really scary is I do it because I'm selfish. The reason I engage with all of you is because I read everything you say so that I can get better insights to what to do next. So your answer to your question, like I'm, I'm super smart, fine, your community will tell you. You just need to ask. I mean it man, the answer is literally in your comments. You just gotta take the 18 hours of fucking asking. All right, appreciate it brother, thank you. You got it, you got it. Gary. Yo. What's up, man? Danny Gold, good. selling Silicon Valley. We chatted at Relentless. I remember. Yeah, asked you the uh, question on a macro scale how to drive my real estate yep. blog, right? I remember. Um, but now I want to ask you about the micro. Okay. The local. Uh, because for me right now, you know, I, obviously Silicon Valley, right? Yes. There's a lot of baby boomers, a lot of. I'm older, looking at something to answer your question. Yeah, so totally. Going. A lot of older folks, yes. right? Yes. Who, obviously when you sell real estate, you have to list to last, right? So getting these sellers to engage with content or to view it, right? I'm listening. So, um, in terms of the older generation, right? A lot of these people aren't on some of these platforms that we're talking about, right? Yep. So how do I, because I, I'm, I'm coming to you because I, I've thought about this for a long time. How would you recommend getting, selling homes to older people? Well, no, no, no. Getting in front of these older people in a digital, you know, in a dig, on the digital platform. So look, so look, he's he's generalizing. Don't beat him up. So well, yeah, I know, but like you know. So look, I think that I think to both of your points, you're both right. He's right. I mean, like you know, there's. There's always demo, like there is not a high usage of 60 to 80 year olds on Snapchat. Not just real data, you know? Uh, and so, couple things. Number one, Facebook does not have that issue. When, when I look at conversion on Facebook, 55 to 70 year old conversions on Facebook are just incredible. Like there's so much attention, there's so much scale, they're going through it more carefully, and I'm a very big fan. So if you haven't run five mile radiuses from your open houses on Facebook to that demo of 50 to 75 year olds or 35 to 75 year olds with $100,000 income levels or greater, right. have you run Facebook ads aggressively against that? I have. So then the 
the issue is you're creative. Right. You know, like I'm gonna leave here right now and go to a Berkshire Hathaway real estate pitch that, for, that's us. for yeah. Vayner, mm -hmm. and like the data is very clear. Gina? So I think, I think first you have to look at your creative, mm. right? Like is your creative hitting the note? Like if you're in it, you know the issue with real estate. There's a lot of people at high net worth that are gonna look at you and say you're too young and inexperienced and not go with you. I lived it my whole life. Now I'm finally going to the other side, so it kind of fucking sucks, but you know, you know, I get it. Like, I understand that. So that's one thing to look at. I'd also highly recommend going down the rabbit hole of Nextdoor. So have you looked at Nextdoor? I have, yes. So I'm super intrigued by that platform from a real estate standpoint. I think there's super hardcore opportunity. And then finally, I would, if I were you, I would do the third thing is, I would put 50% of my energy, if you want them, to go old school and door to door, direct mail, like, you know, just cause this is happening doesn't mean we need to force everybody into that behavior. I never give a fuck what you're doing, I'm just trying to figure out what you're doing. You know, I don't have any horse in the race whether you do VR or Snapchat or Vine, you know, Q and I loved Vine but then like it changed, like I don't know, like it is what it is, fuck it. So I would spend a lot more time in traditional than you probably are. Cool, thanks cool. Gary. You got it. Hey, man. How's it going Gary? Really well. Uh, so when looking to dissect a new social media platform to yes. figure out how to be successful, what yes. are some big picture and practical tips you can use to dissect that? Big picture is I would download every social network that appears on the top 150 free apps in America every time, create a username and start tasting it. And then micro picture is start creating content for it and seeing and use your other social channels to drive people to it to see what happens. So like, how many people here are trying to figure out what to do with Marco Polo? You know? Right, so like, that's interesting. Like what is happening there? Like how are you using it? Can you get 50 of your users to be part of a group with you there? So big picture Zane is like, literally wake up every morning and look at the top 150 apps in the app store, pick the three or four new social networks that come every quarter, every year, download them, create your account, start making content, and then go to the channels that you have audience and drive them there and test and learn. Look, somebody landed here eventually, way back when, and looked at a bush with some berries on it, right? What was the strategy? Somebody ate it. Some dudes died, others found strawberries. And so that's what you have to do with new social networks. Social Cam took a lot of my time. Social Cam took a lot of my time in 2011. Anybody remember Social Cam in that five minutes? Right? Five minutes, right? It was, a, it was number one, it was like the thing. It came and went in like three months. I put a lot of effort to build audience there. It failed. But what I learned about mobile video on social cam became the reason that I was able to be successful at Vine and Snapchat and Instagram. And I wasn't even successful as a creator on Vine, I just got close to the creators that were successful. But then without that social cam three months, I wouldn't have had the IP of the dynamics of video in that environment to make me successful. I highly recommend, so many of you were in the no business. I don't need another social network. It's gonna take away from what I'm focused on. What if it goes in and out of fashion fast? What if it's the next vine? It doesn't matter. What matters is the IP and the learning and the land grab while it's there. If monkey's big for three weeks, you can do damage there. Got it? That's the answer, Zane. Hey Gary. Hey Jay. Uh, two things, uh, one, I saw you a couple years ago in New York and your fitness plan's working for you. You're looking good, nice Thanks, job. Thanks brother. Uh, two is, uh, I run a digital agency since I was young. I started when I was 17. It's grown year over year for 20 years. Amazing. We cut our teeth on websites, but I've got this gut feeling that websites are kind of becoming billboards. And, and so the last six to 12 months, I were in Northeast that, Florida. That being said, that yeah. being said Jay, guys, the, actually, it's weird that you said that. Yes, but. Yeah. I actually think one of the biggest vulnerabilities in this entire audience collectively is the lack of a proper website collecting first party data yeah. that you can remarket to. Everybody's living so on all these platforms, they're not driving to their own domain where they're captured. I mean, my email list does damage. You know, it may not be what email was years ago, but I've been trying to make it better and better and it sucked for a while, but now we figured out like fuck, really give exclusive content, like really make it good, and it does damage. So yes, 
But ironically, the amount of people here who should have a Squarespace or an about.me or build a WordPress for themselves and own their URL is quite high. Yeah, it's interesting. So the website's kind of still the hub for us, but we're working on kind of building the spokes out of the wheel. I understand. And um, probably the last 12 months or so, we really started to pivot a lot harder towards video, marketing, communication, all those kind of things. A lot of, a lot of it thanks to you. We're in Northeast Florida, so technologically wise, we're just a little bit, it's sure. not New York City, it's not San Francisco, it's, it's that kind of thing. So if you're me, you've got a 12 person team, yes. you're growing, yes. but you're looking to the future, where are you going, what Voice. are you focused on? Okay. If, if, I, <laughs> if, if I started VaynerMedia today, I would call it Vayner Voice, and we would be an Alexa, Google Home, Apple Pod, and podcast infrastructure shop. Voice is the next frontier. Yeah, and I just started a podcast. Video? video? is about to get arbitraged by voice. Like some of your views are about to go away because somebody's gonna be listening to something. Because you can do two things when you listen. Yeah, and I just started a weekly podcast actually to probably two months ago thanks to that advice. So I'm glad. we're working That's on it. I would go hardcore into that. Okay, cool, thanks Gary. Take care, Jay. Hey Gary. How are you? Doing well, thanks, Good. how are you? Great. First of all, thank you for everything. I've been following you for a while and really thank appreciate you. it. Thanks. Uh, I have a marketing company that okay. I started when I was much younger. Okay. Uh, now we're doing web when design. When you were six or? Uh, yeah, 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 about. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, we're actually working with some Fortune 500s now, so we're growing. And uh, yeah, you know, one of our service lines that's been really profitable for us and we have a high retention rate on is reputation management. Yes, of course. So I know there are some big players out there and we're going up against them now. Uh, but our retention rate is crazy high. We're very effective at what we do and we're scalable. We've built it out in a way. So my question for you is, I'm really looking for ways to grow large quantities and scale as big as fast as possible. We're Why? growing Because we're growing year by year already and I want to see how big I can take this and how quickly I can take it as big as possible. Well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. The only way you can do that is either raise money okay. or start taking a lot less money personally. Okay. Uh, I've already started on the second. Good. Uh, but as far as investors, I've been approached before, but I'm looking for a more strategic investor, someone who would know what to do in this space. And most people are, you know, people in real estate or family who, who see the opportunity, but yep. they won't be able to really help me. Smart money. You want okay. smart money. Are you looking to invest? I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Had to ask. <laughs> you gotta ask, right? Yeah. I, you look, I think, I think you need to decide between smart money and passive money. Okay. I'm gonna give you a really good piece of advice. In 2001 and two, when I lived through the business world, and in 2007, six, and eight, when I lived through the business world, I had a lot of friends that were looking for smart money. Okay. And then the market crashed, and they were looking for money, and there was none to be had. Just keep that in mind. Okay, and what, what would you do with the money? Where would be the avenues you would hit? I don't know, it's your fucking business, bro. <laughs> like, like, all I heard from you is you wanna get bigger, faster, sooner. I asked why, because I think usually when, when people's agenda is to get bigger, faster, I usually know that they're in trouble. Okay. The way to get bigger is to go slower. All right, thank you. You got it. And just expand on that, just because not to leave it with like a change, you know? Everybody's in such a rut. You know, young, Al, how, are, how old are you, bro? Alon, how are you? How old? That's the thing, right? Like, to me, his advantage is his youth, which should allow him to go slower, not faster. And I get it, everybody wants to win, I get it. But I know one thing that you guys hear from me more than most people talk about it is patience. I know it's the secret sauce, life is long, and when you want to get bigger for the sake of bigger, you start taking shortcuts that lead to vulnerabilities. So I just would keep that in mind. Hi. Hey Gary, aloha. It's an honor to be here. Thank um, you. Thank you for what you do. So I'm a complete newbie to the space. I was one of the 98% I just hopped on about two months ago. Cool. Um, my, my audience that I serve or I wish to serve are entrepreneurs who like me who struggle to get started. Yep. Um, and so I'm building that group um, in these platforms and um, I don't really have much. I'm building Instagram first. Uh, and then from there, then my offer would be, you know, whether I'm affiliate marketing something or selling courses and whatnot. So that's sort of my vision right now, where I'm also building network marketing companies because I do like network marketing. And uh, so Why? is there a, it's just leverage. I don't know, it's for fun. Okay. 
I, I mean, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Not as much of a fan. Okay. But, you know, just one man's point of view. Just curious yeah. why. I think the reason you like it is because there's quicker dollars in. Right now, there's no dollars at all. But I just, I think, I think, I, I think I like, like, I don't know. I, it's just an interesting little challenge to Respect. see if I can actually grow Do a little thing. organization. Look, I think, but, I think when somebody decides to get into content and creative, and already before they started, they are thinking about the monetization of affiliate or network or things of that nature. You're set up to fail. Got it. And so, what I would tell you to do, if 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 I had the chance, which I do, is to take a step back and realize, you know, creating content to motivate people to start is a crowded space, um, a forever space because people don't act, I get it. But what I'm worried about as a newbie is this is such a cliche story, right? I'm gonna build an audience and I'm gonna monetize it for me. And what happens is when you start before you start, you're thinking about monetization, like how will it happen when it happens? What that does is something very interesting. It creates the wrong kind of content. When the seed is about long-term monetization, the seed is corroded, and there's an element of that in all of the content. No question, my biggest advantage in the marketplace is the lack of interest of monetizing my audience. You need to think about that. What, what other, is there another angle I should be looking at this coming into this? Yeah, I think the angle is to blindly try to bring value to the audience, whether it's information or entertainment, and then wake up in six years and start to then debate what the fuck to do with it. Got it, okay, okay. Thank you very much. You're I'll welcome. Get on that, thank you, aloha. Hey Gary, so I've been watching you for about six months now. But, uh, but over the last year and a half, I've been building an Instagram and I've got about a half a million followers. But since I've been watching you, I've seen probably a triple in growth just from implementing different things. I just kind of put you on my, on my uh, nightstand at night and I just kind of listen to you. Thank you, man. And that's, happy, to, happy to be there. I mean, so it's, so it's really exciting. It's better than yesterday. Guys, like, listen, I listen to you all the time when I'm in the shower. I'm like, cool. <laughs> no, I can say I haven't done that yet. But, Go ahead. But what... Uh, what I really wanted to ask you is I, I've been building this platform because I'm a firm believer that you have to have an audience to hear you and I'm a singer before you, before you release something if you really want to create momentum. I agree. So, it's, it's, less mom it's, it's momentum but more importantly no, it's leverage. Yeah, th and that's what we're kind of going for because we know you can go into labels now and I feel, I feel confident if we win now we wouldn't get as good a deal as if we went in with the leverage like, with, like that. You know what's happening in the hip hop space, right? Put out projects, put out mixtapes, have leverage, have millions of followers and then get the kind of deal that you think you want. If you even, by the way, you might be the last of the Mohicans that even give a shit to even have a deal. Yeah. And that's kind of, my, my managers in the audience, I actually told him, you know, I want to live every day thinking that I'm not going to get a deal at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So do that. And that's, and that's, kind, of, that's kind of the game plan that's coming not where, in. That's not fully where you're at right now. No, but, but coming into this, this, this time and season where I'm releasing my first single, what would be your strategy? Because I'm heavy on Instagram, I'm not so much on Facebook and YouTube, and I'm branching out. I started doing that about a month ago. Do you have a Spotify and SoundCloud now? I, have a sp I don't have either account really set up. This is, well, this is our first time crazy. going. But yeah. You need to do that. Right? Yeah. And, and start populating it. You know, one thing that I think is really interesting is populating an artist's SoundCloud and Spotify with content of them speaking about their thoughts before they launch their first song. And then you could start siphoning, you know, because think about it. You're building this audience on Instagram. How many are on Instagram now? About half a million. Right. So come three months from now, tomorrow, whenever it drops, it's going to be the first time you're going to ask that audience to go over there. Whereas if you had three or four months of getting them to go over there with the journey of your mindset before the launch of the first album, you'll have a much bigger base that will create virality instantaneously for you when you drop the song there. So you think that... The big, the big thing I did with Crush It that was very unusual, I apologize, but I wanna give this to everybody. The big thing I did with Crush It that was super unusual for booksellers in 2008 was I pre-sold it for four months before it came out. The conventional wisdom back then was you have your blowout week, right? You go on the Today Show and Huffington Post and you push and you email. And I, and I asked one question in my early meeting with HarperCollins which was, 
do all the sales count if I get them in pre-order on Amazon that week I get them or the week the book comes out? And they go, the week the book comes out. So I'm like, one more time, so if I get eight this week and 19 next week and 47 next week and, th- and fi- they're like, yeah, it all counts. So I'm like, why don't people do that? Because we lived in a traditional world of you go on television and you get your orders. That's how I'm thinking about you. I know that artists now don't turn their SoundCloud or Spotify into a podcast for three months before the first song, which is exactly why it's a good fucking idea. Yeah, I was gonna say, I've never seen that done on Spotify before, but I've, I've seen it no, done on SoundCloud. No, this is the shit I do, we make shit up. <laughs> that's what I've been doing for a few months and it's how I came up with my viral video content. And now 100%, I'm, I'm going so that's what it. I would do. Cool, thank you. You're welcome. Hey Gary, hey, man. I'm uh, with a small agency and we spend a lot of our time trying to think of industries and verticals that are we want to get in on the ground level of. And okay. I know you're on voice right now and you're talking yes. about that a lot. Yes. But going through about a year and a half worth of your content, you mentioned eSports a lot. I'm a fan. But I wanted to get your opinion on what do you think of eSports from a marketing standpoint and also from a VC standpoint. I think from a VC standpoint, it's super dangerous because there's a lot of bullshit out there and I think that the IP game makers and the players have the leverage and there's a lot of people building businesses in between that are gonna be vulnerable unless they're run by very talented people and they'll be not as valuable as they're being priced. From a marketing standpoint, I think it's grossly underpriced attention and that brand should spend a fuckload more money on esports. And do you think that, do you see a possibility of an outside marketing firm partnering with an esports team and just doing all their content or do you think 100%. it has to be in-house? No, I think, I think if you guys are debating esports yeah. as a place to go hard at, it will become fruitful for you if you're good at it. All right, thanks man. You got it. Real quick, shout out to DRock. 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 <laughs> hey Gary, how's it going? It is going super well, bro. Well, nice to meet you. I'm Parker Panel. Hey, Parker. I just turned 14 years old, and when you were my age, what were you doing to make money and really crush it? For, what, what grade are you in? J- eighth, grade. eighth grade. So in eighth grade, I, had, I started my first real, real, real business. I was, uh, in eighth grade, I was making 1000 to $2,000 a weekend once a month selling baseball cards in the malls of New Jersey. Awesome. Because I don't know if you know this, bro, but there was no internet when I was 14. <laughs> and so, you know, it's real fucking easy for you to make money. It was much harder for us old folk. Uh, but we got by. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Before you leave, bro. Oh, yeah. What are you, what are you trying to do? Well, you know, I'm an actor, and I started my YouTube channel a few days ago. It was my one year, and I do a bunch of comedy videos in my family. My dad's over there. He's video on me. <laughs> and you, we travel all the time, so we were just in Dubai in the Maldives, and I video my adventures there, and I really want to entertain people so they can get out and kind of do what you do and really change the world and motivate them in a good way. Good for you, brother. I yeah. wish you luck. Thank you so much. Take care. So I, I feel terrible that I have to follow that. Thanks, Parker. <laughs> yeah, you're fucked, Roberta. Shit. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, what else is new, right? Yeah. So how's it going, Gary? Really well. It's good to see you. Good to see you, man. Um, so for context, uh, I'm a creative entrepreneur, and a lot of what I do on YouTube is I try to help people not be starving artists. I try to like walk them through why I did that worked, why I did that didn't, uh, why it sucks sometimes. And my question to you right now is for all of those people. It's what do you see being the disproportionate vulnerability for creatives and creative entrepreneurs? Because right now I know you're doing your Vayner Creative Initiative. Yep. You're someone who's in the hiring chair. Yep. So for all the creatives out there, for all the people, whether they're on yep. YouTube or Snapchat yep. or whether they're drawing, like what do you think right now is the big vulnerability? Is the big vulnerability? What are they underestimating? That they're not good at business. Mm. That, that pretty much sums it up, but it, like beyond. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the biggest vulnerability, yeah. Roberto, is that some people are such extreme just artists that they don't have the humility in the face of entrepreneurship being cool to, hire, to team up and have a partner who can drive the actual business. Mm-hmm. So ultimately your answer is they need to either, one, invest some time in getting good at this if they have the potential that they never tapped or outsource you, it because it's know, a weakness. You know me well, we've known each other a long time. I only think that I can get only incrementally better at swimming and singing and painting. Right. Entrepreneurship is so cool right now and such a pedestal and has no cost of entry. Every person here can put the word entrepreneur in their Instagram profile. I'm aware. 
And, and there's just a fundamental difference between a successful entrepreneur and somebody who says they are. And there's a lot of people here that are unbelievable creatives who will lose because they're spending disproportionate time trying to be good at something that will never happen instead of putting 100% of their effort in the creative process. The fact that we're blending, listen, there's people like Sean Doris who is absolutely, and the reason I attached to him and always gave him mentorship, I'm like, cool, this guy's creative and an entrepreneur. But there's a lot of people in here who want to be an entrepreneur, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs in here that want to be a creator, and that is the vulnerability, the lack of self-awareness, and the utter delusion in what they want instead of what is real. Boom. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, Gary. Great to see you. Hi, Gary. Hi. I'm Sarah Beth from Sarah Beth Yoga, and I used to be all about that hustle. I used to work 80-hour weeks and happily would work 80-hour weeks. Good. Um, so I guess my issue now is that, so I have a, a kid and I have another on the way, and so Good I'm much you. more focused on my time management. And you should. Uh, earlier you mentioned, like, you know, when you say you don't have time, like, I don't really have the time anymore. I get it. Um, so I was purposeful about staying on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. I get it. But I hear you about expanding my brand and yep. reaching out to other platforms. How? Look, I think I'm very empathetic. Look, even if you're the greatest hustler that ever lived, I don't know if you've heard, it's still only 24 hours in a day, right? So here's what I would say, Sarah. I would say that there's nothing wrong with staying deep on Facebook and, and Google platforms. Facebook and, you, and Google rule the digital world. And there's nothing even remotely close that's happening that is gonna change that narrative for the next 24 to 48 months intuitively, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, in a world where you have your second coming and all those things that are going on in your life, I'm not so desperate for you to have to do other things right now knowing, those, knowing that Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube are going nowhere fast, right? Right. I think when I say to a lot of people in this room, you know, find more time, it's as long as your ambition is in check to your actions, Mm -hmm. you're good, right? You wanna be the best mom you can be, you wanna be a creator, you wanna be an entrepreneur, that's awesome. The biggest rub that I have is you have a lot of people saying that they're gonna build billion dollar empires and they're working nine hours a day and that's not gonna map, right? So it's not that I want you to spend more time, as long as you're like, hey, I wanna make, uh, my ambition is to make, it's hard if you're gonna, you know, mother and not outsource that to a full-time nanny to have the time and energy to build a hundred million dollar media company around yourself. It's gonna be hard. As long as you're cool and understand like, hey, maybe that's a million instead of a hundred million because rightfully you're choosing to allocate raising your wonderful children, then you're good. It's the delusion that I'm worried about. Uh-huh. It's that people's mouths are way ahead of their actions. Mm-hmm. Got it? Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Hey Gary. Hey bro. How's your day been? Doing really good CJ, how are you? Good. Okay, so I, I just turned 13 and I was awesome. wondering, like, or I've been st- doing YouTube for about two years. Yeah. And the first year I didn't really get anything done. I get but it. up until this Get summer. anything done as it didn't get traction or you were bullshitting playing video games? Oh, a second, both of them. Both of them. <laughs> so, but then this summer, this I started summer? to get more like, I quit video games and I got a better view time and attraction. Yep. But I'm still like, I'm at 142 right now, so I'm wondering like, what's one tip you have for kids my age? 142 meaning what? 142 subs. Got it, so what do you want to happen, CJ? I just wanna get at least 300 by the end of the year. Okay, well, first of all, we'll take care of that. Right, so like, now what? Just to inspire people. Good, so if you want to inspire people, if that's real, right? If that's really what you're about, then you don't need to do anything but continue to put out the content that you think will do that. Thank you. I think the reason I said like, we'll take care of that is what I don't want you to do that so many people do, whether they're 13 or 81, so many people get into the rat race of how many followers they have, right? And like, that's just not the game that you wanna play. Do you know what I mean? Because the reality is is that 
that's gonna dictate too many actions. You can't let your self-esteem or self-worth be wrapped up into metrics on YouTube because it's one tiny proxy in the reality of what you're up to. You understand? Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna throw a right hook right now. What's the name of your channel, CJ? CJ Bowling. Spell it. C-J-B-O-L-I-N-G. Slower, because you want them to actually fucking follow you? <laughs> CJ. B-O-L-I-N-G. B-O-L-I-N-G. It would really mean a whole lot to me if I've given you one inch of value ever in my life for you to follow this kid. Let's, let's see how many followers he has on YouTube by the end of this weekend. Can get a picture? Yeah. Get in here, CJ. Come here. Good luck, brother. Hey, I've only got a couple more minutes just trying to be fair to the people in line. I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to get to you, but we'll see how long they let me sit up here. Go ahead, my man. Hi, Gary. Hey, um, I'm one of the 99 or 100% of the people that uh, before today, my wife has been beating me up to listen to you just once. Yes. I kept... Fighting it. Yes, I kept fighting it. You're like, fuck that guy. I was... <laughs> I get it. I get it. I know how you rolled in. And she tells me that I think she's rude to me. I should wait until I meet you. That you're going to beat it up with me. I want to ask you, I finally jump into, you know, what she's doing. I want to know what I need to do to stay on focus, on track, and stay motivated, you know, To me, every the, day. In, generally? Yes, uh, she blogs about food. She developed food recipes. Yep. And everything and uh, she's but you're to... asking for you how you stay focused yes look I think listen some of you've heard this from me this is such a big one for me I've said it in a funny setting and I've said it other times I just really wish people knew that they were gonna die <laughs> Devin like how can you not stay motivated do you know that the odds of becoming a human being are 400 trillion to one no. <laughs> well, great. Sit on that shit for a minute. <laughs> like, we are so unbelievably lacking perspective and are so not grateful for what's happening here. We so focus on negativity and shit that's bothering us. We need to spend way more time on optimism and good and all the good things that are happening. That will motivate that. I am completely driven by gratitude. Every true day, that I don't get a text or phone call that somebody I love died or has terminal illness, I'm fucking pumped. So it's perspective, Deb. Like, the fuck do you have to complain about? <laughs> no, I don't complain. I want to make sure I'm moving from the industry that I was in yep. into what she's doing because she has become very it's, successful. It's regret, man. Like, you don't want to be 80 sitting and saying, fuck, I spoke to Gary, my wife did it, this happened, and I didn't do shit. What the fuck? Listen, let me, listen I'm going to give you guys a huge, huge, unbelievable hack. One day, one hour, go and volunteer in a nursing home. It is the great move that everybody here can do. First of all, it's just nice to do that and you give back and it's tremendous and it's unbelievably impactful. Number two, thank you. Number two, you will get way more because you're gonna see something that you haven't seen in such a pure state. It's called regret. You will face regret in a way that will fuck with you so hard that you will stay focused and on track for the rest of your fucking life. The Bye. number one thing that you will taste if you go to a nursing home is you will find multiple people that will talk to you about regrets in a way that will pierce your soul in a way that you've never felt before because they're actually in that place where time has run out. And it will make you go back home and start cooking for the first time, starting a video, running. Like You'll start doing shit that you've been pondering for the last decade after one hour of giving back, putting karma points in the bag, and it will be hugely beneficial for you. So please, please, please consider that. Thank you so very You're much. Thank you. All right, Gary.
regrets. We don't want to have them. We have two more days of Vid Summit, of, almost a full more day here. I still got to speak, so like, you know, I'll wrap up all the big important stuff after you're done. But uh, what should these guys be doing for the next 48 hours so they don't have regrets? That's a great question. So the reason I think these things are good have nothing to do with the content on this stage. This is the number one time to start putting your introvert self on the shelf to expand your ability to network. This is 100% ROI successful for you if you legitimately go up to people you've never seen before in your life, say hello and ask them what they're about. This is only about networking. Like you should actually all leave and come to none of the talks going forward. Except for mine. <clears throat> including his and network the whole time. I'm serious, that's the, guys, the, the, all the real magic is, you know, with the best talk of the conference, with the third best talk of the conference, all of that stuff, <laughs> all of that stuff is so stunningly secondary to you getting five to seven to 15 relationships here. And let me tell you something, karma is practical. I just said it in my last little thing, doing the right thing for CJ, it's just super smart to do shit that has no expectation in return or anything to do. We're in a world where a lot of thoughts of collaborations and things you do, you're thinking about what comes to you after you do. Giving without expectation has been one of the core pillars of my success. You Love you, it, there you, it is. You yeah. lived it for yeah. me. Like it's, it's a big fucking deal. Please do it. It really is. All right, I'm gonna share with you guys one pro tip I have. I've gone to a million of these conferences and talked to so many people, networked until I became friends with Gary, and this is how I did it. When you go to a conference, you don't hang out with your friends, the people that live in your state, anyone else. You talk to as many people you've never met before, and here's the thing. This is gonna be weird, because I probably talked to you guys yesterday and this exact same thing happened. Where it's like, hey, how are you? What do you do? What's your jam? Learn about you. That's so cool. Like, get a good read on someone. Become friends. Follow them on Twitter, whatever. And then it's, dang, is there food around here? I'm looking for food right now. Who heard me say that yesterday? I like, literally go around looking for food, talking to people. Five-minute conversation. Become friends. Then go look for food. Oh, I need to get a drink. Where's Holiday at? And you go talk to someone else. Get that five-minute friendship in. And then, oh, man, so I've been looking for food. Is there food around here? And then you walk off looking for food and go get that next conversation. Like everyone, I want everyone to end their conversation with I'm looking for food and go talk to someone new. Talk to everyone in this conference because Vid Summit 2017 is lit. I'm not gonna doubt. All right, that's <laughs> then, guys. Have a great lunch. Go find food. Talk to. Hey, everyone. podcast peeps. I know you're uh, a listener, but are you a watcher? Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash Gary V E E The Daily V, the best business vlog on earth.